0: It's usually a pretty small percentage of people who actually click from the ad to the company page. It's usually between like three and 6%. So if you're really embarrassed about what's on there, it's not a big deal. You might maybe turn off the three to 6% of people. But otherwise, most people are going to interact with your offer for what it is. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast.
1: Well, welcome back, listen to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Today's gonna be a real fast episode and it's gonna be all around advertising and generating high quality leads. So make sure that your seatbelt is fastened and your hands are firmly on the wheel. Today, the guest in studio is AJ Wilcox. He is a lifetime digital marketer who fell in love with LinkedIn ads platform in 2011. And then he went off and founded his own company, B2Linked.com in 2014, which specializes in LinkedIn ads, account management training and consulting since then he has managed hundreds of accounts and a combined budget of 110 million dollars in ad spend on linkedin network exclusively so he's worked directly with several of linkedin's top 10 accounts aj's entrepreneurial journey is deeply rooted in his faith after he was fired from his last job he was offered multiple job opportunities after he prayed to God to figure out how he should do uh, what he should do. The answer came and it was, all came down to starting his own business, and he's never looked back. Now, AJ is somebody that I've seen online. I've followed him for a little while, and he's someone that I've wanted to have on the podcast for at least six months. So I'm super excited to have him on the podcast. You're going to hear some just amazing information on how to leverage this platform to generate super high quality leads. And you're going to want to listen to the section around being able to target companies where you can actually load a list of all the companies that you want your advertising to be shown to exclusively. So uh, with that being said, I want to welcome AJ to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Well, hey, AJ, I'm super excited to have you on the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. So welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Doug. I'm excited for that awesome intro. Well, you know, it's interesting because I saw your profile months and months and months and months ago. And I, I looked through some of your stuff. I thought, man, this guy's really smart and he's really crushing it on LinkedIn. I gotta, I gotta reach out and get him on the podcast and, you know, get busy. And it just, it's been sitting in a file, a to do file for me or one of my assistants to help me. And then boom, you showed up in my inbox uh, as a recommended guest. I went, wow, this, this is good. I just need to put it out there and wait for it. And it shows up.
0: Never underestimate the power of serendipity. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to me too, and I always love it.
1: So this be specific. So we're gonna to talk today about LinkedIn advertising. So why don't you tell us um you know just a bit of the backstory on on you know how you got to where you are and specifically what you're doing?
0: Sure. Well, my backstory is I my last job I was working at about seven years ago. I I went to the job. I had a new CMO that I really respected, went into her office on the first day and laid out all of my digital marketing channels and and strategies that I wanted to do uh, because I've done a lot of SEO and a lot of Google ads. And I remember her saying, okay, all that sounds great. But just so you know, we just started a pilot using LinkedIn ads. So see what you can do with it. And I I saluted and said, yes, ma'am. And then I walked out of her office and went what in the world is LinkedIn ads? I've never heard of it. It must suck. <laughs> and, but I didn't want to look stupid to my new boss, of course. So I went and dove into the platform and started trying to figure things out. I approached social as a search marketer. So I know I was making a lot of mistakes, but just kind of fuddled around. And then about two weeks later, I had a sales guy come up to me and introduce himself. And he said, AJ, we don't know what you're doing over here, but we're fighting over your leads. Keep it up. And I he got me just curious enough to log into Salesforce and look at the leads that he was talking about. And surprisingly enough, LinkedIn was not the only channel I was running, but it was the only channel that was that was generating sales qualified leads for the sales rep. And so I, I saw the writing on the wall and said, OK, we got to keep investing here. And I eventually grew that to become LinkedIn's largest spending account worldwide, ran that for about two and a half years and then actually ended up getting laid off from that position and then went, OK, well, what do I do next? And uh, I've, I've got this skill set that no one seems to be talking about, but I've had extreme success. I think there are more people who, who need this.
1: Well, that's really cool. I mean, uh, I have uh, admittedly done a little bit of LinkedIn advertising, um, but uh, really enjoyed the platform. It's been a great place to connect because it really is a B two B, you know, platform. I mean, all the other social platforms. I think when you're looking at people and their mindset, at least this is my thinking. When I'm when I'm checking my social media, I'm not thinking business. I'm checking, hey, what are my friends doing? Hey, what are my kids doing? Hey, what's going on? Um, not hey, um, I need to solve this particular business issue today.
0: Yeah, I think people being in the right mindset is really key with LinkedIn. When you give them an offer that relates to either their job or their career, that's the reason they're there. And so many people who are actually on LinkedIn are interested in improving and uh, becoming better and becoming smarter. And that's most of the offers that work teach people how to be a better professional. So you'll see much higher conversion rates there than you might on Facebook, for instance.
1: So for our audience that's listening, I mean... You know, they're probably running Facebook ads, Uh, at least if you follow Gary Vee, everybody's running Facebook ads, or should be, and and Instagram ads, and then we've got Google, and we've got Bing, and then we've got all the new, uh, the more sponsored content. So why consider adding LinkedIn to your media mix?
0: Well, if you're already running something like Google ads, the... Feedback that you'll get from your sales team is, wow, all of these leads are hot, and then they'll thank you for it. Like, these are people who are ready to close tomorrow. Because it's it's an intent-based platform, they were coming looking for you. It means they have a project on the table. The other feedback you'll hear, though, is... Could we get maybe more of the right people? Because we're talking to the CEO and the proverbial janitor and everything in between. Could we talk to maybe more of the CEOs? And with search, you just can't do that. You only get to show to people who happen to type a keyword and Google can't tell them apart. On the social side, we get this opportunity to target people by who they are professionally. But what we lose in exchange for that is the ability to know where they are at in the buying cycle. So it means that when you move over to LinkedIn ads, your sales team is going to tell you things like, this is the perfect person. Like, thank you. We are talking to an ideal quality type of prospect, but we're still a little ways out. They haven't started the project yet. We have to nurture this relationship. And so I really like combining search and social channels because you really do give your sales team a little bit of a variety. You get those leads that want to close immediately. And then you also get the leads that will turn into the bigger deal sizes over the long term
1: so when you're running ads like this so you're saying you're targeting by you know by maybe position within the company and I've often thought that you know I know from my own experience when I'm looking to buy certain things there's certain research I will delegate to one of my team oh yeah so in that case it's, it's not me looking right it might it might be my other marketing manager or it, it might be my EA and so when she's searching for something on Google she has different biases than I do she has a different outlook than I do so we might be in the buying mode, but it's a different person that's doing the research on my behalf.
0: Yeah, that's totally true. So search will certainly hit your executive assistant. Also at the same time, we've had some very successful campaigns on LinkedIn, specifically targeting assistants and, and like, like executive staff. So you can certainly decide to target those who are actually doing the research on behalf of their executives.
1: That's really cool. So why don't you walk us through the kind of the difference between if I was going to run a search campaign with Google and, and a LinkedIn campaign, just from a kind of a high level uh, execution.
0: Yeah. So on search, what you do is you figure out what are those keywords that someone would type to want to find what you do. So let's say you sell uh, software to to uh, help HR uh, reps Uh, better interact with their company. They call it HRIS software. What you do is say, ooh, if someone types in HRIS software or best HRIS software or HR software for enterprises, you might want to have those keywords trigger and show someone an ad that shows your product. On the other hand, on on social, especially LinkedIn, what you're going to do is you're not bidding by the keyword, you're now bidding by the person. So I might go in and create a campaign that says, if you are in HR, you are a people manager or above at a company with more than 500 people, I know that you're going to need my product and that you can afford it and you can budget for it. So that those are the two structures. Uh, on search, you have this hierarchy of, of broad keyword to narrow and on Uh, On LinkedIn especially, you're going to have this hierarchy of uh, audiences down to ads.
1: And then in terms of the structure of the ad and the, and the, if you want to call it the sales process that you're going to go through, you know, is there a difference? And if there is, what's the difference between the two platforms when you actually now have your ad in front of somebody?
0: Yeah, Doug, this is a brilliant question because there's a massive difference in the way that you approach both channels. Uh, on a search channel like Google, for instance, someone they came looking for you, they want to interact with you specifically uh, or someone who can solve their problem. So you can send them right to a sales page. You can send them right to a, hey, hop on the phone with a sales rep or get a demo kind of page. But if you do this with social, they have a different mission in mind as they're going around the platform. And so if there's just an ad that, provides no incentive for them to do anything they're just going to look at it and go "Uh, add and move on so what you have to do is somehow catch their attention and that's usually by giving uh, free knowledge free access to content and some of the types of assets we've seen work really well would be like here download this free checklist or a cheat sheet uh, a free guide um, join our free webinar here's a free in-person event and you know something where you're providing value first in exchange for uh, them as a lead
1: And in terms of the actual, the tactic and executing that, is it pretty much the same then? So you're going to, you know, attention getting ads. So, hey, here's your your problem. I can solve it. Download this. You're going to drive them to a landing page just like you would in any other platform and ask for an email or a, you know, a mobile number so you can text them the information.
0: Yeah, exactly. And every company does this a little bit differently. Everyone has a different sales nurture and follow-up sequence. Some are a little bit more aggressive. Like I've seen companies like Salesforce where uh, they you will download a piece of content and before you can even read the headline of this PDF you just downloaded, a sales rep is calling you. They've left two messages and you have a, an email in your box. Um, <laughs> and then we also know of companies who say, hey, if you downloaded a piece of content, we know you're not interested in us yet. We know that you're just you're trying to solve a problem. So we're going to hold off. We'll give you what you ask for. We're going to affix a lead score to you and then if you come back and interact with us later through a different channel or download more content or go deeper, that's when we're gonna, going to going uh, to reach out and actually start a conversation.
1: So in terms of conversion, moving somebody from an ad to hey I'm interested in and and requesting your information or whatever it is that you put up as a lead magnet, is there a way to leverage LinkedIn's autofill?
0: There is actually. So you have two options anytime you're you're uh, advertising on LinkedIn for traffic, you can either send them to your own landing page, which I prefer. I think it's great because you own that experience, but they also have this kind of an add-on to, to their two of their ad types uh, that's called lead gen form ads. And what that means is anytime someone interacts with that ad, a little interactive drawer will pop down with all the form fields and there'll be a button that just says auto fill with LinkedIn. When someone clicks that, LinkedIn will look at their profile and auto input anything that you've asked for. So what a lot of clients are thinking is like, Ooh, if it's all done for you, I can go crazy and ask a lot of questions. I can ask for your company name, your job title, your company size, your industry. And, Although it, it makes it easy to input those things, that's also off-putting for someone like, whoa, I just I want a, a free checklist, and you're asking <laughs> for 19 pieces of information, yeah. and uh, so it, it will decrease your conversion rate. So my recommendation is ask for only what you absolutely need because every additional field you ask for is going to drop your conversion rate.
1: Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Now, do you have the ability to integrate that into your own landing page or no? Is that strictly on the Facebook platform? Ooh, uh, you used to be able
0: to do this on LinkedIn. It was a beta. You'd have to go to your ad rep and, and they would have to whitelist you to put code on your website. I don't think they're doing that anymore. I think as soon as they released lead gen forms, they took away the ability for you to, to actually integrate on your site. But I did get to participate on, in that beta like Five, six years ago. And and I can report it, it did okay, but it, it wasn't life changing. So maybe they saw okay. the same results for everyone.
1: So is there a particular company or a campaign that you want to give a shout out to and just kind of walk us through hey, they never used LinkedIn before. We moved into LinkedIn and then, you know, kind of here's how they came through the other side?
0: Yeah. L- let me run through it. It's actually a similar to an example I shared earlier about HRIS software. So I was working with a company and this has been several years ago. They came to us and they said, we want sales qualified leads and we sell HR software. And so I said, okay, we only pay when someone clicks. So let's go ahead and try just putting ads out there that say, you know, click here to talk to our sales rep or get a demo of our software. And what happened during month one is costs were really high and click through rates were really low and LinkedIn just shut our ads off. Off. We weren't providing any value. We weren't giving anyone incentive to actually want to interact. It was just a pure sales pitch. So then for month two, they they gave us four different eBooks to to share. And so we went crazy here on rapid iterative testing around uh, you know, different intros, different headlines, different images, trying to find the best way to, to share each of these, these assets. And over the course of this, we could not get our ads to, to break Uh, underneath $137 cost per lead. And this was for three months in a row. And we were working our butts off. I was absolutely certain the client was going to fire us because heaven knows I'm not willing to pay $137 for someone to download like a white paper. And so anyway, the client comes back to us and to my surprise, they said, "Uh, hey, here's a different asset we'd like you to try. And the asset was called the Definitive Guide to Onboarding. And I didn't think anything of it. We didn't do anything differently. We put the ad up, you know, did our same approach with intro copy, uh, headline, image combination, and we pushed it out. And we logged in the next morning and I could not believe my eyes. Uh, overnight, the cost per click dropped by a dollar or two, which was significant because they were spending a decent amount. And the conversion rate had increased by three times. What we ended up getting was a cost per, uh, per download of $27. And we let this run for a good little while and it never deviated. It always stayed really high converting really low cost per conversion and usually on social media if you're using Facebook right now I'm sure you're nodding your head going yeah after a week and a half all of our ads need to be refreshed we need to say something different because we've saturated that audience on LinkedIn people don't log in nearly as often and so it's usually about a 27 to 33 day period where we start to see audiences become uh, saturated with content. They don't want to interact with it anymore. Not for this piece. It ran solid for like like four months straight uh, until finally we started to see performance decline. So I share this, this case study with you because we learned it doesn't necessarily make us look good, but what we learned was the importance of the content. There was only so much lipstick we could slap on that pig of those previous assets. They weren't solving a real problem or satisfying a real curiosity. But this last piece, Definitely did, and we got to reap the benefits of it.
1: So I guess one of the messages there may be, you know, make sure that you've done your testing. You know what, you know what problem you solve uh, for your audience.
0: Exactly, and. Like I said, you can only put so much lipstick on that pig. Yeah. You as a marketer, you can only change so many things with ads and try to draw people in, but you can increase performance by 3, 4, 5, 10x if all you do is just understand your customer. We like to say, go talk to your salespeople, the people who talk to your prospects all day long, and just ask them, what are the problems that everyone has? What's the questions everyone asks? Let's create a piece of content that addresses those and chances are it's going to just hit a home run.
1: Now, in terms of advertising, I mean, you know, I'm more familiar with the Google platform. So, um, you know, you may detect that by the question. What about remarketing? Oh, uh, not a problem at
0: all on that one. LinkedIn does have a, a retargeting solution. I will say Google's is much better technologically and so is Facebook's. So while I do like the idea of, of retargeting your your own LinkedIn traffic with LinkedIn retargeting, probably even more importantly, I would drive the traffic to my website and then make sure that both my Google and my Facebook retargeting are picking that traffic up and continuing to market to it. The reason why is because LinkedIn's retargeting, it goes by a cookie and half of your traffic comes from iPhones and iPads uh, that Aren't allowed to carry a cookie, uh, at least in most cases. And so you can't, uh, like, immediately half of your audience is gone. Plus, LinkedIn's retargeting, you, know, you might pay six to $9 a click to get the traffic originally from LinkedIn. And then you get a little bit of a discount on retargeting. You might still pay $4 a click. Whereas on both Google and Facebook, you're probably going to pay uh, maybe a dollar or less per click on, on retargeting. And it's a lot better technology at staying top of mind.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. And where we sub a dollar to do remarketing, retargeting and uh, on the uh, other platforms.
0: Yeah, it makes so much sense. Just it's a beautiful technology. Google was really first to market with it. And, you know, better technology, cheaper, and it's pervasive. You get the entire Google display network across the whole web. And that's extremely powerful uh, to just be in front of people no matter where they are.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, uh, we've always found people say, "Well, what's the you know, what's the silver bullet?" Should you know, I do lots of email, so people think you do just email. I said, "No, no, we don't do just email. We do social, and we do email, and we do paid search because we find that the one plus one plus one doesn't equal three; it equals like five, six, or seven <laughs> because because you're getting the multiplier effect of these different medias and people in different mindsets on different platforms.
0: Absolutely. We see the same thing with all different types of marketing. For instance, I mean, the whole reason that I'm on the podcast, you checked me out before, but didn't have a, enough social proof to say, okay, I'm going to reach out to this guy. But as soon as you heard it, you saw me in two different places, it was like, ooh, serendipity effect, I should probably take action here. The same thing, if, if you see my ads on LinkedIn, and then you you search and see another one of my ads on Google, and then I reach out to you, you're you're going to have an entire attitude shift. It's not going to be a, wait, so who are you? Like, prove to me that you're good. It'll be a, oh, I've heard of you. You must be legit. Like, let's talk.
1: Well, what, what I think is interesting too, is you've also, I've heard you say a number of times social and, and I, I don't typically in my own mind, anyhow, put LinkedIn into the social platform bucket.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting because I think people in the past have viewed LinkedIn very much as a stodgy platform. This is where you come back to update your resume every six months or just when you're looking for a job. But. Really, what's been exciting is when LinkedIn released the user feed back in 2013, and then every year they've had more and more people using the user feed, enjoying it and starting to share things. It really has become a a real social platform. LinkedIn released the stat that people are spending 40% more time in the news feed uh, since last year. And that's incredible growth. Uh, It it means great things for when you post content. Not everyone wants to post content on LinkedIn because maybe they're afraid of what their business colleagues think of them or whatever. But when you post it, uh, it's by far the easiest network in the world to go viral on. And people are having crazy success on the organic side.
1: So is there a strategy that you work with? I mean, you brought it up. That's a great, great uh, segue in combining what you're publishing on on the social side in addition to what you're running for advertising.
0: Yeah, I think the social side is, is uh, tends to be pretty overlooked, but LinkedIn is very much a a, a, a dichotomous system here. Um, you have the organic side that so many people are having success on, absolutely loving it because it's so easy to go viral. It's so easy to to share and get leads. And then on the paid side, you have this platform that is so powerful, but it's also pricey compared to, to other platforms. So it, it's kind of hard to marry the two. But when you do, here's what happens. Uh, just like we talked about before with serendipity, we run ads for clients and their sales team is is working on prospecting kind of on the back end. And as they're, they're working with people who've already seen our ads, whether it's subliminally or whether they've actually clicked on the ads, it's changing the tone of conversations and it's increasing their success rate. And so both of, of, of the sides together just make absolute sense.
1: That's really neat. So yeah, I mean, I've seen lots of guys, like you said, that are going viral on the uh, on the feed side where they're doing videos and all sorts of crazy things to to get traction. Now, because unlike Google and the other platforms, you know, LinkedIn basically is a very large, like a CRM. If you want to look at it that way, you've got, you know, you're hopefully people that you've connected with. Can you target the people that you're connected with only?
0: Oh, so you can target people who follow your company page. That's about the best you can do by default. In the past, this has been, I, I want to say it's like five, six months ago. You used to be able to go into LinkedIn and say, download all of my connections into a spreadsheet. And one of those columns was email address. And so I think a lot of people were, were spamming. They would end up getting a bunch of, of connections. They would go and immediately add them to their marketing automation sequences and start blasting. And so LinkedIn said, ah, we're not going to allow that anymore. But back before then, when you had this giant list of email addresses of everyone that was either connected to your CEO or connected to you, you could then go into the ad platform, upload that list of email addresses and target just those people. And what worked so nicely about that is because LinkedIn gave you the email address, you know LinkedIn has it on record and so you'd literally have a 100% match rate of emails. So if you had, you know, five hundred and one connections on LinkedIn, you'd have a campaign with five hundred and one people in
1: it. That's really cool. I mean, that was my my thinking was. I mean, that you know, LinkedIn's verified the user, and if I could just show ads to them, it's not unlike me taking you know our customer database and downloading that and uploading it into either um, Facebook or Google and running custom audience ads.
0: Yep, exactly. This was this was LinkedIn's playing catch up to those platforms with that that bring your own data kind of approach. But one thing they added to this that the other platforms can't touch that I absolutely love it's company name match. So for every pretty much every platform out. There, there, you can upload email addresses to match. And that's pretty cool. But on LinkedIn, now you can say, Hey, I want to upload a list of the fortune 1000, or I want to upload a list of every company who's ever been a lead, but has not yet closed. And I can create very custom campaigns targeting just those brands, uh, just certain people at those brands. And you just can't get this anywhere else. It's, It's the perfect account based marketing approach.
1: Okay, so let's let's just back that up a bit and go to a little bit slower, so our audience, everyone, can catch up. Make sure they're up to speed.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm I'm uh, I move a little bit quickly.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, no, no problem. I mean, I, I get where you're going. I think it's really cool. So I just want to make sure that everybody understands what the opportunity looks like. So do you want to explain that again?
0: Yeah. So account based marketing is this approach. It, it's kind of become a buzzword, but around sales teams, it's this approach of, hey, we know that there are certain brands that if we Closed a deal with, we would want to put their their logo on our website. We would cheer internally like this would be a game changer for us. And so the whole account based marketing approach in sales is having the salespeople go out and specifically look at uh, at certain companies that they would want to to go after. So it's kind of like the idea of, of spearfishing or whale hunting, where you're going after the big guys specifically because they would be a great fit, uh, as opposed to just kind of throwing your, your net out there and saying, hey, any company that has at least 500, 500 employees we want to talk to. And so LinkedIn has made that, that whale fishing kind of uh, approach possible for us by letting us target specific company names. So for instance, if you wanted to go after the Fortune 500 or the Fortune 1000, you can quite easily go and find a list of all of those companies. You then take that list of companies in in an Excel sheet, upload it to LinkedIn, and then it creates this audience segment called, you know, Fortune 1000 or whatever. And then you can go into your ads and say target this list, anyone who is marketing manager or above. And Immediately, you're showing ads to only marketing managers and above at the Fortune 1000, and it's probably not going to get a ton of traffic, but you know, every lead generated here is going to be absolute gold for your company if they're an ideal target audience.
1: Okay. That's really cool. I, I didn't know that existed. Um, yeah, we'll have an, uh, an offline conversation about that. <laughs>
0: nice. Well, we do it too. And I, I love the approach.
1: So in terms of somebody, you know, for audiences listening, go, hey, this sounds good as, as another platform and another opportunity. How does someone get started running a LinkedIn ad? So walk us through your process. So I come to you and say, you know, hey, AJ, I'm super excited. I heard the podcast. I'm interested in, in, in you know, looking at this as a new media and doing some testing with you. What What are kind of the steps?
0: All right, so anyone who's tried to advertise on Facebook for the first time, you know the <laughs> considerable friction of like, wait, I have to get admin access to a page, and then I have to like grant it to myself. And uh, LinkedIn's a little bit simpler, but there definitely are some hurdles to jump over. So we've got a free offer that we we throw out there just to be helpful. So if you go to our website, B two Linked dot com slash checklist. Right there, you can download. It's the eight things that you need to do in order to get advertising on LinkedIn and. It will ask for your email address, but if you don't tick the box that says, I want someone to contact me, you'll never hear from us ever again. This is purely a, we want to help you get started on the platform to help shortcut that journey. But basically what this checklist includes is you need to advertise from from a company's page. So you either get access to or create a page. You then create an account that you can do by going to linkedin.com slash ads. It'll walk you through the whole process. You also need to to have an idea of who your audience is so that when you get in there, you know who to target. You should probably also have either some imagery or video assets that when you actually go to create the ads, uh, you're ready to go. You can start writing ad copy. So anyway, download the checklist, walk through that. But of course, we can go as deep as you want here.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, it gives us a a basic overview. So you need to have a company page. And if you do have a company page, I'm assuming it's, you know, it's your own, uh, you know, it's the internal version of your web page hosted by LinkedIn. So it should be cleaned up. It should be up to date the proper links and contact information should be there and you should have some history of posting there.
0: Yes, I would certainly agree with that. Uh, I'll also mention that- you don't, you don't have to agree
1: with it. I'm just throwing it out there.
0: Well, uh, I'll give you a little caveat here because I have had some clients come to me and they go, we want to advertise because we know our audience is here, but we're a little ashamed of our company page. It might take us, like multiple weeks to get the information cleaned up or to where we're happy with it, and I usually say, you know what? Let's just move forward because what we've seen is it's, it's usually a pretty small percentage of people who actually click from the ad to the company page. It's usually be- between like three and six percent. So if you're really embarrassed about what's on there, it's not a big deal. You might maybe turn off the the three to six percent of people, but otherwise. Most people are going to interact with your offer for what it is. You said, here, we're going to teach you how to do something with this free guide, and they want the free guide. That's why they're interacting with you. So don't let it be a hindrance. But of course, you know, it, it's social proof. It's, it's validation of your brand if they go to your page, and it's very complete, and they learn something there.
1: And that's a really good point. I mean, I, I've worked with people who say, hey, I have to rebuild my webpage. I have to do this. It's like, no, we just need a landing page. Let's get some sales. And when we, get some, when we get some sales and you have new cash, then you can put somebody on the task of rebuilding your website. But in the meantime, let's get some new sales. Exactly.
0: I love that approach. Uh, start with what you have and then iterate along the way.
1: So let's talk timing and budget. So, okay, sounds good. Um, you know, let's, let's add this to my media mix. You know, what, where do we start in terms of timing and budget to, to get a campaign rolled out?
0: So what you want is not necessarily an amount of time, but you want an amount of data. And what we've found is once you've spent somewhere between about three dollars and $5,000 on the platform, generally your conversion rates and your cost per conversion become statistically significant. And so if you're a fan of, of uh, scientific testing and you want to know whether this is a platform that's worth investing on, on in the future, or if you should pull back or shut off entirely, what I recommend is to go ahead and spend that three to five k, get statistical significance, and whether that takes you two days to spend or six months, uh, that's how much data you want. But of course, if you're working with an agency like ours, it really behooves you to uh, to try to do as much testing as you can during a single month, and that way, once you get to the end of the month, you can say yes, this is working. Let's expand. Uh, or, no, this sucks, we should get out, Uh, and then you only paid one month of a management fee.
1: Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And I mean, that's a really good response. I mean, I, I like the, the you know what you said. It really isn't a timing and budget. It's more about the right amount of data. So it's probably no different than any other platform. You need to get enough data to be significant, so you can actually get some valid results and make some some business decisions based on the metrics.
0: Yeah. And keep in mind, because LinkedIn is a more expensive platform, you're paying six to nine dollars a click. That means you just you're going to need more uh, more spend in order to get that data. On Facebook, for instance, you might have received statistical significance between you know fifteen. Hundred and twenty-five hundred dollars And on LinkedIn, just you got to give it a little bit more leash, but realize that your target is there, you can reach near 100% of them. And that's why we're willing to pay LinkedIn prices is that access to very pre- precise targeting and uh, amazing scale that no other network can make.
1: Well, and although it might be six to nine dollars a click, I mean, you know, I want to push back a bit on that because I've, just go into Google AdWords and type in the keyword CRM and see how much you have to bid to get a click there. So be, be, before before you you know um, say hey um, LinkedIn's expensive at, at six to nine dollars, go look at a thirty dollar click on on Google for CRM. So I I only think that advertising is expensive; it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, and the nice thing about about the pricing is if you're willing to pay LinkedIn prices, chances are you have a pretty large lifetime value of your customer on the back end. And so what I tell people is make sure that you're going to make $15,000 or more on average from a customer when you close them. And then the $6 to $9 a click that you need at the beginning is just going to be a, a, a piddly nuisance. It, it won't even be a big deal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was one of the questions as I was taking notes of your talking I put LTV. So what's lifetime value? So is that kind of a, a is that a minimum do you think?
0: I don't think it's a minimum. We definitely have clients who don't make $15,000 when they close someone, but because they're uh, either the upfront process of advertising is more efficient, like we have higher conversion rates or lower cost per click than average, then it brings the whole kind of average down. Uh, Or maybe they have a sales team who is really good at closing or getting in touch with people. And so they're much more efficient than average. And so we have clients who, you know, Close deals after $800 in ad spend. And so even if they only make $5,000 off the lifetime of a customer, they still have over a 4X ROI.
1: Yeah. And often I look for, you know, if I can break even or a little bit better on acquisition, then I know I'm going to make it up on the back end over time.
0: Yeah, and LinkedIn's really powerful for that because you are creating relationships with exactly the right brands, and there is this long-term uh, brand and halo effect. And so, if you can like get the money in the door, like you said, uh, you're going to have word of mouth back you up. You're going to have all of the social proof that comes with you know uh, talk, being able to talk about and do uh, case studies with this other brand. So yeah, get whatever you can. You know, during the first three months, things are probably going to be less efficient than once you've really figured out the formula. So if things are looking good during months one, two, and three, you know, it's going to be a killer channel for you ongoing.
1: So what are you most excited about in the next six to 12 months in, you know, in what you're doing with your business or LinkedIn platform?
0: Well, on the LinkedIn platform side, I think LinkedIn understands now that they're a little bit behind the the pack. Like for instance, just last year, they gave us Carousel ads and video ads, um, and those are things that we've had on Facebook for you know three four years. Um, sure. So we, what we've gone from seeing is they're four years behind to now. I'm um, you know we are an official LinkedIn partner, so I, I get a little look at the the roadmap that I'm not allowed to share externally. But what I'm seeing on the roadmap is them moving at a breakneck speed and finally realizing that they're. a uh, a legitimate player and should act like it. So I'm excited for the new things coming down the pipe uh, from LinkedIn ads specifically. And for us as a company, I have a book coming out here in the next few months. We're building some really cool software to really make running LinkedIn ads much more efficient and, and easy to do at scale. Uh, so those are the two things I'm super excited about personally.
1: Where do you see um, AI? Are you, do you see AI coming into the advertising platform for running LinkedIn ads as well?
0: I, I don't, at least not yet. I think this is one of those situations where the really big players are probably going to pioneer stuff related to AI and machine learning. And then I think LinkedIn will catch up. The one piece they have right now that, that is machine learning based is their automated bidding. Uh, so you essentially tell it, here's my, here's my budget of what I want to spend per day. And here's also my wallet. Go and decide how to bid for me. It works well for some people, but for the majority of our accounts, we find that we can get a lot lower costs if we're just bidding manually. Um, So I'm excited to see them develop it, but I'll wait for the other platforms like Google to figure it out first.
1: (laughs) Okay, fair enough. So what's some of the bad advice, and this is a Tim Ferriss question, what's some of the bad advice you hear around, you know, social media advertising and LinkedIn?
0: (laughs) There are two really big pieces of bad advice that actually stem from LinkedIn itself. If you read LinkedIn's materials, they'll tell you, make sure that when you create an audience, it has at least 300,000 people in it. Uh, The reason why I think that's bad advice is, they're of course telling you to put giant audience sizes together because it's going to make them more money, but that's not in your best interest. Let's say you're targeting an audience size of 300,000 people and you put uh, ads behind it and you start generating leads. If it performs great, or if it pre- performs poorly, you can look at it and there's no analysis to do. You can't say, "Oh, great, now I can go and do X." What you need is a comparison. So rather than creating one giant audience of saying, "In X industry, I want to hit everyone uh, manager and above in, let's say, finance," instead, what you you go and do is create a finance managers campaign, a finance directors, a finance VP, and a finance or like a chief financial officer campaign. So it's four. Four separate buckets all having exactly the same people in them and now if you run the same ad or the same offer to all four of these now you start to have a comparison you can say something like ooh our CFOs their cost per click is really high and they're hard to get on the phone maybe we we pull back on there or, or we we shut them off entirely but ooh directors seem to be really interested in our content and those are the types of things that you can do by getting really targeted in your audience. The other piece of bad advice that LinkedIn will tell you is make sure you bid high. You want to show up nice and early in the day. You want to show up really high on the page. When someone is very first testing into LinkedIn ads, we know it's a little bit more expensive of a platform and everything is a pilot. Everything is a test. And so if you go in and, and just throw all of your cash at the wall and say, yes, I want to be aggressive here. Chances are, you're going to be disappointed. You'll end up with a really enormously high cost per conversion. And after month one, you'll look at it and say, we should probably shut this off. As opposed to dipping your toe in the water, trying to be as targeted with your audience and bid as low as you possibly can and to still spend your budget. That combination is going to tell you what the network is capable of. And then as you need more volume, of course, you can start increasing your bids and increasing budget, but dip your toe in the water, make sure it's a good buy first.
1: That's great advice. And I think that's great advice across all marketing platforms. It's very easy to spend money and then have to go back and as you're reporting out saying, hey, we did this. We had our budget. We blew it all one month and we didn't get the results. A post like you're saying, dip your toe in the water, do some testing, test, 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 get some results, tweak it. And then you can look at, hey, now I can scale.
0: Yeah, it's in no one's best interest to go on and not set up a an efficient test that fails because uh, there's a lot of friction that you're going to go through and just learn the learning curve of trying a new platform and it'll be a waste of money. So I, I like the tiptoe approach into everything. But of course, if you're on a, a marketing team where they're just handing you gobs of cash and saying, you know, use it or lose it. Yeah, sure. You, you can you know, do a cannonball into that pool.
1: <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's fair enough. So uh, who's one guest I absolutely have to have on my podcast?
0: All right, so there is a woman by the name of Judy Fox, and uh, it's J-U-D-I Fox, and she is fantastic at the sales approach to LinkedIn on the organic side. Um, So while I play exclusively on the ad side, I see her over there really making waves, creating good video content, getting profiles to where they actually become lead generators, and she's just a fantastic person to boot also really fascinating, you know, she spent time, she has her PhD, she spent time as a chemical engineer, she's been in sales, uh, she's been in marketing, and now she's running her own consultancy. So uh, she would be a fantastic interview for you.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense. Like, You know, LinkedIn has been a great platform to connect people for a long time, like you said, kind of thought, well, no, not so much LinkedIn. Uh, but for me, organically and reaching out is work. So it makes sense also to be advertising there as well.
0: Yep, I agree. Uh, and the cool part about the organic side of LinkedIn is, like we mentioned earlier, it's the easiest network in the world to go viral on. So you don't get control of who those audiences are who see your, your stuff, but you will reach large audiences and it doesn't cost you anything. On the ad side, we can be very specific about who sees it, but boy, do we pay for it. So you combine the two and you usually get some pretty stellar results.
1: Well, that's amazing. Hey, I really appreciate you taking time and uh, sharing with our audience today. And this is a topic I've been so so interested in and covering in the podcast. So, you know, maybe after your book comes out, we should have another conversation.
0: Oh, I'd love it. I'd love to share.
1: So where's the best place for people to reach out, connect and learn more about you?
0: Well, I'll share my dirty little secret here. If you go to my website, b2linked.com and fill out the form anywhere there, uh, you won't go to a sales rep and you won't go into our, our email newsletter and get spammed. It goes directly to only my inbox and I'm not a sales guy. So feel free to just reach out, ask any question you want, as long as it's not a sales pitch. Uh, and I would love to chat with you.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. So there you go. Uh, there you go, listeners. There's another uh, episode. And I really hope you, uh, you know, you take this to heart. I mean, LinkedIn's been a great platform for us, for Legion. We get leads every day, just organically. So we've looked at the LinkedIn ads and now we know how to make that happen because we can uh, reach out to AJ and he can solve our problem so uh, stay tuned uh, for our next episode we'll make sure that these show notes are transcribed so you'll be able to find him, connect with him uh, and find his links Uh, we look forward to serving you on our next episode thank you Doug and thanks everyone for listening thanks so much
0: That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting dougmorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's dougmorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.